Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. is going on everybody happy thanksgiving happy black friday and hopefully you had a fantastic holiday yesterday welcome to episode number 108 of murph's boston sports talk i am your host james murphy and i am so thankful for you joining me today and i am super thankful for a plethora a plethora of things that has happened in the past year, six months, four months, three months, two months, all that, which I'll get to in a few short moments. But in today's episode, we are also going to talk New England Patriots football. We have to, obviously, right? We're also going to react to Thursday's slate of games between the Bears and the Lions, the Cowboys and the Raiders. And then lastly, the Bills and the Saints. Just briefly talk about those games because I know a lot of people aren't a fan of Thursday night football. But when it comes to Thanksgiving Day, Thursday football, I think people are very much okay with it. And they thoroughly enjoy it. Just my humble opinion from the outside looking in. And then lastly, we're also going to talk about Celtics basketball. Not a lot on the docket today. We did do a lot of talking last Monday, and then obviously with the holiday, some downtime here in the sports world, specifically around the Boston market. Yes, the Bruins do play today, but we'll talk more about them on Monday after the weekend. But like I mentioned, hopefully you had a wonderful, a bountiful, and a filling happy Thanksgiving with your friends and family, wherever you may have been, wherever you may have spent the holiday. And I want to know, I do want to know, 
what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Now, it could be super simple like turkey, and there's nothing wrong with that. It could be something intriguing like green green bean casserole. Okay, maybe you just like the cranberry sauce. Okay. I want to know what your favorite Thanksgiving dish is, so please leave it in the comment section below here on YouTube or reach out to me via social media at Town and let me know that way. Be like, hey, Murph, this is my favorite Thanksgiving dish. Bleep. Well, blank. Insert here, right? Mine personally, me personally, I am a big fan. What am I a big fan of? Oh, honey glazed ham. Yeah. Yep, yep. I'm a big ham guy on Thanksgiving. You know, I know a lot of people will kind of save the ham for like Easter or maybe even Christmas. I'm good with a nice ham on Thanksgiving. I think it's delicious. I mean, turkey's kind of basic. If the turkey's cooked good, then it's going to be good, obviously. But I feel like you can get turkey anywhere. And can you get like glazed, honey glazed ham anywhere? Not really. Not really. So just my thoughts about it. Do you guys like honey glazed ham? I'm assuming you might. If it's on the table, I'm assuming you grabbed a piece, right? Right? Or am I the, am I the only weird one here? Like, okay, so let's see. This Thanksgiving, I grabbed turkey. I grabbed some potatoes, mashed potatoes, rice, some asparagus. I prefer it grilled. I forget. I don't know how it was. It, was this one like steamed or boiled? I don't. I don't know. I prefer it grilled. Let's see what else. Ham. Bread. You have to have bread. And there's one more. Rice, mashed potatoes, turkey, asparagus, ham. Maybe, maybe, I guess that was it. I guess that was it. I mean, in years past, I've had macaroni, chicken parm, uh, Texas Roadhouse rolls. There's been some nutty things on the dinner table. For Thanksgiving in years past. Now I pose the question. I asked you what your favorite Thanksgiving dish was. Now I pose the question. What is your least favorite Thanksgiving dish? And don't be in. Let's see. What's a. What's a really weird one. Something that like not a lot of people like. Um, I guess Asparagus. Is more of a side than a dish. Like green bean casserole, I guess that that's a dish. That's not really a side. Cranberry sauce, I guess, is a side. I guess you can just okay count sides then. Dish or side. What is your least favorite dish or side? Me personally, I do not like stuffing. No way do I like stuffing. I why I don't know. Just not a big fan of it. I think it's disgusting. I've had it. I've tried it different ways of how it's been made whether it's with this box that box this season that season uh portuguese stuffing this kind of stuffing that kind of stuffing just don't like it don't know what it is i just don't like it guys deal okay what is yours what is your least favorite dish slash side let me know in the comment section below reach out to me via social media at murph's car town i want to know am i in the minority on this does everybody like stuffing? Because I feel like at the dinner table with my friends and family, I'm the only one that does not like stuffing. And 
I guess I'm weird and in the minority of this of this battle. And I'm okay with it. Because, listen, let me not like it and leave some more for you. Let me leave some more for you. So don't force me to like it. Otherwise, I'm going to eat it. And there's not going to be enough for you. Because I like to take healthy scoops or healthy helpings. Meaning, like a lot. So I don't have to get back and go up for seconds. I can just have it all on one plate. And just go in that way. Anyways, to wrap up this little Thanksgiving chatter, hopefully you had a fantastic Thanksgiving like I've mentioned a few times now. It must have been nice to see friends and family, which may not have been the case last year because all of us was dealing, and we still are, we're all, we still are dealing with COVID-19. But obviously this year, this year around, we are able to deal with it a little bit better than last year. We're able to do more this year than last year. So hopefully you had a healthy, safe, and a delicious Thanksgiving. And now we're on to Black Friday. Today is Black Friday you know, across the country. And Murph's Card Town and Sports Shop is not excluded, right? We here at the shop do have some deals. We have some sales. And it's only good for today. So that's why I want to get this episode recorded and pumped out to you here on Friday so you can listen to it. So you can be like, oh, snap, it's like 12 o'clock. Let me go down to the shop and let me capitalize on these deals. So I have the deals on a piece of paper here in front of me. And I'm going to read them off to you. There is one, two, three, four. Is that it? I made, a, I made an Instagram post about it yesterday. So you guys already may have the scoop on it. Let me just double check. One, two, three, yeah, four. Okay. You ready? You ready? Here's, the, here's one deal number one. Buy one, get one free, all 25, 50, and 75 cent cards. Okay? Listen, you get 10 cards, you get 10 cards for free. No matter if it comes from a 25, 50, or 75 cent bin. That's a good deal right there. Your ba- a card's going to cost you 12 cents. Card will co- uh, 50 cent will cost you 25, and you get the point with 75. Deal number two. All memorabilia. All memorabilia is 25% off. All of it. All of it is 25% off. Not just one. Not just two. Not a BOGO. Not a buy two, get one. Nope. All memorabilia is 25% off. That might be my favorite one, to be honest. Deal number three, buy one, get one 20% off all auto slash relic cards off sticker price of equals of equal or lesser value. So basically, you buy one autograph or relic card for $10, you will get the second one 20% off as long as that second one is stickered at an equal of $10 or a lesser value. So if you got the card for $10 and then there's another one for $10 as well, you will get that second one for 8 bucks. Okay? Not a bad. Hey, relic cards can be expensive, so saving 20 uh, 20% that that's not too shabby. That's not too shabby. A lot of people will come in and buy like probably two, I think, 
relic cards, I want to say that's kind of a common theme for people, unintentional common theme, but a lot of people will walk in and when they look at the relic case, they usually kind of walk away with t at least two. It's kind of odd. Maybe three. No, I want to say two is more common. Here's the last one. This one might be everybody's favorite. So number two was my favorite, but I think this one's going to be everybody's favorite. You ready? Now, obviously, if you've already seen the Instagram post, you already know what this is, but in case you haven't, here it is. Supplies limit up from two per person to five. That is, that is something right there. You cannot be upset with that one. That one might have you a little excited. Everybody and their grandmother needs top loaders. Everybody and their grandfather needs penny sleeves. And here at the shop, traditionally, I only have a two per limit. So if someone doesn't walk in and buy 25 top loaders and 25 penny sleeves and just completely wipe me out. Because even for me as a shop owner, it's hard for me to get the stuff in. Okay? Just being blunt with you. That's why I have a limit of two per supply per person. So you can get two supplies of everything. You can get two bags of pennies, two bags, uh, two things of top loaders, two one touches of 55 point, two one touches of 130 point, whatever it may be. But today, and today only, that limit is up from two per supply per person up to five per supply per person. So now instead of two of everything, you can get five of everything. That, I am guessing, is your favorite deal. Because everybody walks in. Oh, do you have supplies? Oh, do you have this? Do you have that? They're so hard to come by. And I'm like, yep, they're right over there. I'm very excited for that one. I want to see how many people cash in and get five top loaders and five penny sleeves. I really do. I want to see. I want to see how many people take advantage of that. And I'm going to assume a lot of people. I'm going to assume a lot of people will take advantage of that. So if you are going out Black Friday shopping, if you already did overnight, if you are during the day, it can get hectic. It can get wild. It can be crazy. So just be safe. Shop uh, shop with a lot of excitement because last year, similar to Thanksgiving, COVID, difficult. But hopefully a lot of people are able to go out, take advantage of a lot of good deals. Now, I know. I'm going to go on a little tangent here, but I know it is so easy. It is so easy to buy this stuff online. And it may not, it may be 20% off instead of 25% off online, but you're still going to take advantage of it because you don't have to leave the house. And you just, you know, a couple clicks, boom, done. <clears throat> but as a small business owner, as someone who thrives, off of people coming in the door. Let me say this real quick. Please, please do your shopping in person. Now, obviously, places like Walmart and Target and some places at the mall, they don't need the in-person shopping. They can survive selling the stuff online. But some places, some boutiques, some other small businesses, they need that in-person shopping because they may not have a website. They may not sell some things online. Like me personally, I don't really, I don't have a website. I, all I have is Facebook. I have the website for the podcast, but that's just for the podcast. I have a Teespring website, which is, well, if I had the, if I had the website, I sh Teespring, here we go. 
You just type in teesprings.com and slash Merce Cartown and Sports Shop. And boom, there you go. Which is something I went live with two weeks ago. And I've been trying to get the name out there for people. And ironically, today's the last day to get 15% off your order on Teesprings. If you go to teesprings.com slash Merce Cartown and Sports Shop, you can pull up the list of available products that I have. And whatever you want to buy... Whether it's one, two, three, four, whatever it may be, of whatever product, when you're at checkout, when you go to checkout, look for the little promo code section and type MURF15. MURF15 to get 15% off your order. Listen, I'm just handing out Black Friday deals left and right. But this website is besides the point. This is just something extra. I don't sell cards online. I don't sell boxes online. I don't sell memorabilia online. None of that. Teespring is just something, I don't want to say for fun, but for people that want to get some Murph's Card Town and Murph's Boston Sports Talk swag, some gear, accessories, stuff like that. But the bulk of the shop's income comes from in-person shoppers. People coming in the door, looking at the cases, looking at the cards, looking at the boxes, going through the cards, etc., etc., buying the boxes, etc. So when you are, whether it's today on Black Friday or any other day between now and Christmas, do please consider us small business owners because we may not have the funds to go online. We may not have the the resources to be 50-50, you know, half online, half in shop. Like I said, your Walmart, your Targets, even your Amazons who's strictly online can afford the online purchases and you being able to just, you know, three clicks. But I honestly believe I speak for all boutiques, small businesses, local businesses, small whatever it may be when I say this. We appreciate you coming into our store looking around asking us questions engaging with us and buying stuff from our shops we do we really do because we know you're taking time out of your day to drive down walk down to our to our stores browse our shelves browse our cases our racks whatever it may be that we have picking something out and buying it. We do. We really do. And we as owners know that you could easily maybe buy something very similar online for 20% off with just a couple clicks. We know that. That is why our customer appreciation is through the roof. I'm telling you, you will not get any better customer service. Well, now I'm just speaking for myself here at, at Murph's Car Town. That, that, you will not find better customer service than myself when you walk in my doors. You can ask any customer that has been in my shop. I will give you my attention. I will ask you questions. I will be attentive. And I will help you with whatever means necessary. Every person that walks in the door knows and is experienced me saying, hi, how are you? How are you, sir? 
How are you, ma'am? How are you doing? Something on the lines like that. Every single person that walks in the door. You're not going to get that at Walmart. Every five customers might get that at Walmart. You're not going to get that at Target. Sure as hell not going to get that on Amazon. So as a small business owner, I do appreciate everyone that takes the time to walk into my shop. I do. Whether you buy something or not, obviously buying something is wonderful. It's nice. It helps. Yes. But just you simply being in the shop is plenty enough because you in my 80% of the battle is getting people into the shop. So when people come into the shop, I feel confident in my ability and what I have to offer you that you're going to find something that you like at a price you are comfortable paying where you actually purchase said item, whether it's a card, a box of cards, a bunch of cards, whatever it may be. So this holiday season, please, 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 whether it's at my shop or not, all small business owners would appreciate you taking the extra time to come to our stores and shop at our stores. We would. We will take care of you. We promise. At least I promise. <laughs> at least I promise. So when you do your Black Friday shopping, go out, have some fun, be safe, get all the deals that you possibly can. Here are the deals at Murph's Card Town and Sports Shop. One last time. Buy one, get one free. 25 50 and $0.75 cent cards. All memorabilia is 25% off. That's my favorite deal. Buy one, get one, 20% off. All auto slash relic cards of equal or lesser value off the sticker price. And then supplies limit up from two to five per person, per supply per person, which I know will be your favorite. So that is my little tangent, my little, I don't know, my little get it off your chest kind of thing i don't know whatever you want to call it but hopefully i see you at the shop today and through the holiday season but let's talk sports that's what you guys are here for let's talk sports let's first start with the games from thursday i think that's a good place to start the games from thursday bears beat the lions 16 to 14 with a last second field goal andy dalton 317 yards a touchdown and a pick and Darnell Mooney, my guy. I was on him last year. I was big on him last year. Wasn't really, you know, publicized all that much. But he goes 5 for 123. Cole Komet's coming on the scene, 8 for 65. You can't complain with that. And then, obviously, like I said, the field goal from Cairo Santos to win the game. What? I don't want to say it was what a game because an absolute bleh. <laughs> it was really a bleh of a game. But that is the first game here. Lions are still winless. They are 10 I don't even know what their record is. Let me find out. What 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 is your record? Um standings, standings, NFC. 0 10 and 1. 0 10 and 1. Hey, listen, they can't go 0 and 17. They cannot go 0 and 17. So that's a good thing, right? Right? <laughs> Raiders defeated the Cowboys 36-33 in overtime. Derek Carr, 373 passing, one touchdown. Jacobs, 22 carries, 87 yards, and a touchdown as well. 
And in the passing game, Hunter Renfro, eight receptions for 134 yards, no touchdowns. But Deshaun Jackson, three receptions, 102 yards, and one touchdown. Hunter Renfro, low-key, kind of reminds me of like a knockoff Edelman in in Las Vegas. I don't know. It's the way he runs his routes. He's a returner. He's smart. He'll take hits. He'll fight for yards. Just kind of reminds me of a little bit of Edelman there in Las Vegas. Let's see. Dak, 375, two touchdowns, no interceptions thrown by either quarterback. That is something I did not notice when I was watching this game. Tony Pollard, 10 carries, 36 yards. Zeke, 9 carries, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Michael Gallup, 5 receptions for 106 yards. Cedric Wilson, 7 receptions for 104 yards. So the Cowboys are able to get some receiving from players that are not named Amari Cooper or C.D. Lamb, which is nice to see. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Nothing else spectacular, nothing else. Oh, yeah, Tony Pollard had a kick return for a touchdown. Uh, yeah, it was a 100-yard return, scored it for a touchdown. Went a little right, then he banged left, and then he just went up the seam and then up to the sideline, and then boom, there you go. But this game, I thought the Raiders were going to walk away with, in all honesty. I thought they were going to just with the game. But nope, Cowboys were able to stay in it, stay in it, stay in it. Then they fought all the way back. Force overtime, and unfortunately, the Cowboys did lose in overtime. Is this a big, bigger win for the Raiders, or is this a worse loss or a tougher loss for the Cowboys? Honestly, honestly, I think this is a worse loss for the Cowboys because that NFC is so top heavy, and the seeding is going to be so crucial and important when it comes time for the playoffs at the wild card round of the playoffs. Moving down to seven and four instead of moving up to eight and three really leaves the door open for whether it's a team from the West, whether it's a team from the North or the South, to just kind of push the Cowboys down to maybe the three or the four seed. It's going to be really interesting. But, yes, the win for the Raiders does significantly help their case in the wild card. It also helps their case in the AFC West as well if they were to ever crawl back into it. Not that they're out of it, but obviously with the Chiefs and the Chargers playing well, it's going to be difficult for them to keep up. And then lastly, the Buffalo Bills, 31, New Orleans Saints, 6. Bills were pitching a shutout basically all night until the fourth quarter. Let's see, was it two field I didn't watch this game. Was it two field goals? Was it two field goals or a touchdown? And a, nope, just two, one touchdown, a bad PAT, and that was it. That was it. Josh Allen, 260 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. Diggs, seven receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown. Trevor Simeon, 163 yards, one touchdown, one pick. And with no Kamara, no Mark Ingram, Saints had no running game. Obviously, without Michael Thomas, it's tough for the Saints to have receivers. Lil Jordan Humphrey, three receptions, 47 yards, was the main receiver. Tracon Smith, who had a lot of fantasy appeal to beginning of the season you know during like drafting season because Michael Thomas at that time was only going to be out six seven eight weeks maybe and he's been a disappointment not only in fantasy but also in terms of you know real life football I really expected a big step up for him when I think it's third year third year with the Saints or third year total I'm not exactly sure but Saints crushing loss ever since losing Jameis Winston this team has been absolutely off the rails and it sucks. I was kind of pulling for the Saints a little bit. 
but they're just going to have to wait till next year and kind of see where the boat flows at the end of this year. But the Bills getting a huge win, improving to 7-4. and four. Same record as the Patriots. Obviously, the Patriots still have to play on Sunday, which we will talk about in a little bit. But big win for them down in New Orleans on a short week. Let's discuss the rest of the slate of games and run through score predictions. Then I'll talk about the Patriots and the Titans game. Doing things a little backwards today. Why? I don't know, but I am. Let's just kind of roll with it. First, need some water, and we are off and running. Steelers visit the Bengals for a little AFC North matchup. I want the Bengals to win. I think the Steelers will win. Both teams need this win, if I'm being honest. Let me uh, take a look. AFC wildcard standings. So I can give you my accurate analysis here. Let's see. Bengals really need that win. They're 6-4. and four. Steelers are 5-4-1. and one. <laughs> That tie is crucial. That tie was crucial. If they took that loss, I'll oh, forget about it. But getting that tie, the Steelers getting that tie instead of the loss, oh my goodness, it changes things up a little bit. If the Bengals want to be serious, if they want to be serious, they need to get this win. At home, against a divisional rival, put them away. Not that 5-5-1 five, five, and one for the Steelers is put away. Generate some separation between yourself and them because you'll improve to seven and four. They'll five five and one. Give yourself a little bit of breathing room from an opponent, from a divisional rival. That can easily dethrone you where they have experience and you don't necessarily have it. Panthers go down to Miami to visit the Dolphins. I kind of like the Dolphins in this game a little bit. They're they've been playing sneaky better not that they're like you know i mean they're four and seven they're a two game winning streak i believe it is three game winning streak so they're playing better i don't see them getting into the playoffs at all having seven losses not that a team with seven losses can't get in it's just they have such an uphill battle to climb and being four and five in the conference does help them in some ways because it's better than you know two and five two and five two and six but there's a couple teams that are all three, uh, four and three, five and three, three and three. So it's going to be difficult for them. Like I said, I don't see them really making the playoffs, but they can make a little bit of noise to kind of shake things up in the in the running for the playoffs. Obviously, the Panthers being the NFC, that's going to affect the NFC side of things. But I like the the Dolphins here. I, I really do. I think Tua is starting to turn a corner a little bit. It's going to be difficult to kind of have him maintain some success for multiple games in a row. But I do like the Dolphins here. Will I be surprised if the Panthers win? Probably not. But I'm just gonna go, gonna go Dolphins. Why not? Eagles visit the Giants in the Meadowlands. I'm picking the Eagles. Eagles have kind of turned the corner a little bit. They've gotten hot past couple games. Are they good enough to make the playoffs? Well, that is a different story for another day. But they're on the cusp. They're five and six. They're on the cusp. They were what? Two and six at one point. I don't know if they're on a three-game winning streak themselves or you know two and five, but they've turned a corner themselves and they've really turned one for the better. I really like the Eagles in this matchup, divisional matchup. Giants are a inferior opponent compared to them. I'm trying to say too many words too fast. They are the Giants, an inferior opponent compared to the Eagles with how the season has gone thus far for both teams. Jalen Hurts has been playing well. The running game for the Eagles is starting to take a turn. The passing game is also taking a turn. That defense has still been decent all season. I'm picking the Eagles. Titans over the Patriots. I'll talk more about this 
in a little bit, but obviously off the rip, I'm going to pick the Patriots. Would I be surprised if the Titans win? Absolutely not. But Vegas has the Patriots winning this game, so it will be very, very interesting to see how this game plays out in real life from a football fan perspective looking in. Falcons visit the Jaguars. I'm going to pick the Falcons. Jaguars just suck. Buccaneers visit the Colts in Indianapolis. Could this be a trap game for the Bucs who have been struggling as of late? I don't think so. But the Colts do need this win big time because if the Bengals do beat the Steelers, the Steelers will go to 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. If the Colts can win, they'll go to 7-5. and five. Obviously, depending on what the Chargers do, depending on what the Patriots and the Chiefs do, Things can get shaken up a little bit. And improving a 7-5, and five, and if the Patriots do beat the Titans, the Titans go to 8-4. and four. So now the Colts are only one game back from the Titans for the division lead in the AFC South. So Colts, who started off very cold, what they start off at? Like 1-4? They've completely come on the scene now. And the, the Buccaneers have been kind of rumbling a little bit, stumbling the past couple weeks, although they got the win last week. Colts are home? I don't know. I don't know. This this could be a sneaky, sneaky game of the week right here. Buccaneers-Colts. Both teams have a lot riding on it. Would I be surprised if the Buccaneers just blow them out 41-6? to No. But I think the Colts are a little bit better of a team. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is running everywhere he wishes. And that Colts team is very hot right now. And the Buccaneers aren't, aren't cold, but they're also not playing their best football. So we're just going to have to wait and see how that game plays out. Like I said, sneaky, sneaky game of the week. Jets visit the Texans down in Houston. I could care less who wins this game. A lot of people are picking the Texans because the Jets are ass cheeks. I could care less. I don't even want to predict this game because I could care less. Both teams are ass. They're both going in terrible wrong directions. Just because I hate the Jets, I'm going to pick the Texans. I couldn't tell you why I'm picking the Texans, just because I hate the Jets. Chargers visit the Broncos. Sneaky little AFC West matchup here. Broncos still reeling for a playoff spot at 5-5. Five and five. That Steelers loss would be immense for them. Obviously, the Raiders winning does not help their case. Chiefs coming on the past few weeks has not helped them either. I'm going to pick the Chargers here because they are the better team. And I do believe the Chargers, who are the 7th seed right now, can still have a viable fighting chance with Kansas City. For the AFC West. Moving to the NFC. We have the Vikings and 49ers. Good game there. I want to pick the Vikings. Because I, they've been playing fantastic. The 49ers I feel are struggling. Although both teams are 5-5. Five and five. If this game was in Minnesota. I'd probably pick the Vikings easily. With this game being San Francisco. I'm leaning towards the 49ers. I don't like. I don't know. I don't know. The Vikings have come on hot past few weeks. You know, two and three. I think two and four at one point maybe themselves. I'm going to pick the Vikings. I I like the Vikings here. That offense is starting to click a little bit. Defense has a lot of potential to really shut the running game down for the 49ers. Obviously, it's going to come to which quarterback can make the plays in in this scenario. I like the Vikings. It's kind of a shot in the dark here because I see both teams winning. But I'm going to go Vikings. Rams visit the Packers. I said Buccaneers Colts sneaky game of the week. Obviously, looking at the schedule, Rams Packers is the game of the week. 
I don't really care. I mean, I do, but I also don't. I like that Buccaneers-Colts matchup a little bit better. But two titans of the NFC. Green Bay, L.A., Tampa Bay. Um, anything else? I was just trying to rhyme. Green Bay, L.A., Tampa Bay, Chargers of L.A. Boom, boom, boom. Sorry, guys. I probably just lost a, a handful of subscribers and followers. <laughs> um. Anyways, Green Bay visiting L.A. I, I guess I got the Packers visiting the Rams. Crucial, absolutely crucial matchup for both teams. Packers lose, Rams win. Essentially a flip flop. Green Bay wins, Rams lose. Rams move to seven and four. Packers get an inch closer to getting that first round by, which the Arizona Cardinals are holding. Oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's going to be tough for both teams. This game is in LA, so obviously that bodes well for the Rams. Rams struggling as of late, I feel like. I feel like they're not clicking on all cylinders like they were earlier in the season. Packers had that little tiff with COVID and Aaron Rodgers, but I think they're on track to have a great game. Oh, this game's in on Green Bay. I'm sorry. I totally misread that wrong. This game is in Green Bay, so that's obviously going to serve the Packers very well with the freezing tundra that's up in Wisconsin. I'm going to pick the Packers in this game. I think the defense, both defenses are fairly good. Rams' defense is better when it comes to offense. If Aaron Jones is healthy, if Devontae Adams is healthy, I love the Packers' offense compared to the Rams' offense. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford. How is OBJ going to look for the Rams? Who knows? But I'm picking the Packers in this one. Browns visit the Ravens in another crucial AFC North matchup where we have the Steelers and Bengals, and now we have the Browns and Ravens. Get the Browns, I mean, get the Ravens off of primetime. This is like their fifth primetime game this year. Oh, my God. I do not need to see them. On my TV every damn week. Oh, it's infuriating. They are so balls deep in Lamar Jackson. Give me someone else. Give me someone else. Give me. Give me the Vikings 49ers on primetime instead. Holy smokes. You know, the, the Titans and Patriots game should have been flexed to primetime. Because that game is going to be much better. Browns, Ravens. Ravens obviously have the massive upper hand in this game. Browns are spiraling out of control, barely beating the Lions last week. They obviously clearly need a crucial win this week to stay in the loop, in the hunt for the AFC wildcard picture. Ravens, if they get the win, Titans get the loss at the Patriots. Some jumbling going on at the top of the AFC. So be on the lookout for that. I'm picking the Ravens to win their home. They're clearly a better team. They're going in a better direction. Browns, back to Browns things. Seattle Seahawks visit the Washington football team. This game had a lot of promise at the beginning of the season. Right now, looking at it, I could care less. Could care less about it. I know the Washington football team is still within a reaching distance of a playoff spot, but the Seattle Seahawks are far from one. I'm going to pick the Washington football team. Yep. I think football team, if they can string a couple wins together, 
they can make a little bit of noise, a fighting chance, and an NFC wildcard spot. I don't not going to say they'll get there, but I think they'll get a legitimate chance if they can string a few wins together. Being on prime time, no Chase Young anymore. Still got a good overall core. That offense looks good. They need Curtis Samuel to get healthy again to give them another component and another factor on offense. But Seahawks, their their offense isn't anything special. Their defense is nothing special either. So I'm going with the Washington football team. And that is going to wrap up my predictions for week 12 of the 2021 NFL season for the National Football League. Let's just quickly recap. I got the Bengals over the Steelers. Dolphins over the Panthers, Eagles beating the Giants, Patriots defeating the Titans, which I will talk more about in a few seconds. Falcons over the Jaguars, Buccaneers defeating the Colts, Texans over Jets, could care less. Chargers beating the Broncos, Vikings beating the 49ers, Packers beating the Rams, Ravens beating the Browns, and the football team defeating the Seattle Seahawks. That is my wraparound, the league for the slate of games here in Week 12. Now, let's talk about your New England Patriots. <sighs> What's there to talk about in this game? There's a lot to talk about, but let's let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Patriots aren't winning the Super Bowl if they win. If they win this game, Super Bowl is not in their grasp. I still think they're very far. They are the five seed right now. But that's only because the Buffalo Bills won last night. So obviously the Patriots win. Patriots go back you know, to the three seed and all that good stuff. New England Patriots have come a long way. They are facing their toughest challenge all year. All year. Yeah, you could point to the Bucks. You could point to the Cowboys. Fine, sure. I think the Tennessee Titans, without Derrick Henry... They are still an extremely good football team. Much more one-dimensional than they were in years past or weeks past, if we want to just look at this season. But with no Derrick Henry, Patriots secondary really needs to step up because you can anticipate them throwing the ball a lot. Julio Jones won't be playing. A.J. Brown's a questionable. I oh, What was his name? Jeremy Nichols, I believe. I had him on fantasy last week and got zero points. So he's a fucking bum. But he'll play this week and he'll go for 10 for 120. Two touchdowns, probably. Some some stupid like that. But I like the Patriots. They're hot. They're scorching hot, if I'm being honest. And they have a lot to fight for. They really do. The division, uh, respecting the conference, going to 8-4. Titans would be 8-4. Depending on what the Ravens do, they could be 8-3, 7-4. and four. But the Patriots have a legitimate shot at... No, the number one seed in the AFC. And I, I didn't look at it like that, but they do. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills still have one. The Chiefs still have one. Sure, the Ravens, obviously the Titans who hold the number one spot right now, all have legitimate shots at the number one seed. Right now, right now, as it stands, Titans 8-3, and three, Ravens 7-3, and three, Bills 7-4, and four, Chiefs 7-4, and four, Patriots 7-4. and four. And then if you want to look at the Bengals and the Chargers, they're both 6-4. and four. So the Titans sitting at 8-3 is no shoo-in for the number one seed. Now, if they beat the Patriots, that will help. That will significantly help their case. Because they'll own a tiebreaker against a team that they're probably going to you know, potentially be in a tie with. 
I love what the Titans are doing on defense. They're able to stop the run. They're able to stop the pass. They're able to do a lot of disguise, a lot of blitzes. They're able to disguise coverage very well. Mike Vrabel, obviously the head coach, defensive guy himself. He's doing a lot of crafty things with that team. Like I said, when Derrick Henry went down a couple weeks ago for what thought what was thought the rest of the season, I, probably like a lot of people, expected them to kind of crumble. Here comes the Ravens to Ascension. You know, here come the Buffalo Bills. The Kansas City Chiefs are on a massive winning streak themselves. Patriots, they're kind of getting hot too. But no. The Titans are staying pat where they are at 8-3. and Into the number one seed. It is true. It's, it's incredible, yes. Surprising, yes. But the season is far from over for, for all the teams, honestly. I mean, not the AFC. The NFC is getting a little clustered as well. But I still think it's top heavy. But there's a lot of season left. There's week 12. And then six more full weeks after that. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah. Six more weeks after that. So it's anyone's conference, anyone's division, in a lot of cases. AFC East looks tight. The AFC North is tight. The AFC South is becoming tight. The, I'm missing one. AFC South, AFC South depending if the, the Titans lose on Sunday and the Colts can win. That's going to become tight again. And then even looking at the NFC, I don't want to go over that, actually. I don't want to go over the NFC. Let's, let's just stay here in the AFC, talk about Patriots-Titans. I want the Patriots to be able to go out, run the ball, obviously, but really pass the ball. A lot of people are bagging on Mac Jones because he's not passing the ball enough. He's not throwing your 300 yards, your four or five touchdowns a game. That's not the Patriots' offense. They're not asking him to do that. They're just asking him to go out Make the right plays, go out there, make winning plays, and put us in position to win. Whether it's handing the ball off, making five-yard play, five-yard passes, making ten-yard passes here and there. Just go out there and play. He's a rookie. If this was a four fourth-year player, yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more passing, a few more three hundred yards, really take control of the game, go out there and win the game yourself. Win the game because you won the game, right? Quarterbacks can easily win games for teams. Easily. A running back could do the same thing. Wide receivers, eh, not so much. With the running back, why they can is because the ball's handed off. Quarterback don't have to throw the ball. Running back just has to go make a couple quick moves, and then they're in the end zone. Obviously, a lot of credit has to go to the offensive line, whether the quarterback wins the game, whether the running back wins the game, or however the game is won. Defenses can win games too, but that's a, you know, a collective effort, all 11 guys on the field at that time. But if Mac Jones is in his fourth year, yeah, I would want him to see more of him winning the game, taking control of the game, 300 passing yards, four touchdowns, whatever, whatever, whatever. But he's a rookie, though. He is a rookie. So I'm not expecting him to light up the scoreboard. I'm not expecting him to light up the, the or pad the stats here. Him being 7-4 and four, in a clash with the Titans. In a clash of Titans. See what I did there? I'm expecting a great game on both sides, both offense and defense for both teams, Patriots and Titans. I like Mac Jones a lot better in this game than I do Ryan Tannehill, simply because Ryan Tannehill doesn't have a running back to lean on because he doesn't have Julio Jones. A.J. Brown's questionable. Obviously, they don't have John o. Smith anymore because he's here in New England, but the tight end game, they have Anthony Frisker, but still, 
Yeah. I think this game could easily go in a multitude of directions. I think the Patriots could just kind of jump out on top, and then this game kind of becomes a wash game. Well, not a wash game, where Patriots kind of run away with the game. You know, they're on a five-game win streak. They are crazy hot right now. Or this could be a true battle back and forth. I score, you score, you score, I score, I score, you score, I stop, you stop. And in that case, it's anyone's game, Titans-Patriots. It's anyone's game at that point. I want this game to be a really good game. Yeah, I would love for the Patriots to blow them out 45-7 to like they did with the Browns. Love that. Do not get me wrong. I would absolutely love that. But in all real realism, I think it would be a much better win for the team if they go out there, fight in the trenches, fight for the ball, go out there and win 21-17. A game like that. I think that would serve them a lot better. I really do. In the long long term. Because, yeah, a nice 45-7 win's great. You get to rest some starters. You get to, you know, play some backups and all that. And it's a nice, easy win. You get all the points, yada, yada, yada. But in terms of morality, chemistry, confidence boost, you know, reputability in the NFL, winning a game 21-17, to Mac Jones has the ball, down a few points, need a touchdown, goes to get the touchdown, will go so much further for this team. Because they've already had their fair share of blowout wins. The Jets, the... Um, Twice, Jets twice. <laughs> the Browns, Falcons, they've had their fair share of it. So let's get a nice, good, tight win here against a really good team. Like I said, toughest game of the year to this point, more than likely, because now the Patriots have high expectations, not just here in New England, not just here, you know, who like Patriots, but in the NFL, all of media has high expectations for this team now. And with those high expectations, not just from me, not just from you, other Patriots fans, but from people across the NFL, they expect the Patriots, I don't want to say expect, but they can see, they can predict the Patriots to win this game. And honestly, the way things are trending, they may expect the Patriots to win the game. Not that they probably will expect you know the Patriots to win this game. They'll probably pick the Titans. But look at Vegas. I think the line is 6.5 right now for the Patriots. That's, that is a big big spread for the Patriots all things considered holy smokes so here are the three things I'm looking for in this game from the Patriots one take control of this game early you're going up against the best team in the AFC right now record wise they could easily take a control of this game themselves the Titans you whether it's the running game the passing game or defense. Take control of this game. Have long drives. Have long possessions. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 play drives that take up 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 minutes. Really tire that defense out. Because at the end of the day, I think your defense will be is better than the Titans defense. And I think a lot of people would say that and agree to that. So if this game is going to come down to some defense... Let their defense be more tired than yours. So the offense needs to take control of the game, control the pace of play and such, and the defense needs to go out there and take control of the game, shut down the run game, shut down any passing attack that they have. So that's number one, control the game. Number two, I want to see Mac Jones perform well 
against one of, if not the best teams in the league. Now, I mean, obviously, if they had Derrick Henry, I'd put them there. Without Derrick Henry, yeah, they're still a number one seed in the AFC. But you got the Cardinals, Green Bay, the Buccaneers, still the Rams, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the, obviously the Patriots and the Titans themselves. Without Derrick Henry, though, and obviously without Julio Jones, I just don't know how much of a top-tier team they are. Obviously, 8-3, number one seed in the AFC, deserves some respect. And that defense is still very good. I don't want to see Mac Jones go out there and perform. 250, 275, 300 passing yards, couple touchdowns, no picks. Increase that p- touchdown to interception ratio. Let that number get nice and fatter. You know, at the beginning of the season, for a long time, it was like 1-1. One one. Now it's, it's like 2-1 it's like now. So I want to see Mac Jones make smarter decisions. And not that every interception of his is his fault. Some have bounced off, you know, fingertips and all that and dropped passes and such. But I still want to see him go out there and take control of the game, whether it incorporates, you know, this point to point number one, or I should say this key to the game to the second key to the game. But I want the Patriots to not only take control of the game offense and defensively, but I want to see Mac Jones take control of the game. I want to see him go out there, dissect this defense, control the ball, make the right reads, the right plays. You know, take some chances, but don't get too chance happy and really look like the better quarterback out there. Because Tannehill's had his days, had his games where he looks like a top three quarterback in the NFL, and then there's been days where he looks like a bottom three quarterback in the NFL. And every quarterback goes through it. But look better. Be better than Ryan Tannehill. Be better than the opposition. And really go out there and live up to the hype that a lot of people are putting on the Patriots now ever since they've won five in a row. I mean, there's been 10 days of media coverage of how the Patriots are, this this team, that team, and all that. Go out there, execute, be the better player. Number three, the third thing I'm looking forward to in this game between the Patriots and the Titans, who is going to make the big plays when it matters? Now, I'm not talking about an interception here in the first quarter. I'm not talking about a defensive stop on third and 12, you know, early in the second. I'm talking about late game, fourth quarter, crunch time. You know, six, five, four minutes left to go. Need to stop on third and three to force a field goal. Or you need to stop here to force three and out to get your team the ball back because you just scored a touchdown, but you're still down by another touchdown. Who's going to go out there and make those plays? The winning plays, the plays that matter. The plays that have a huge effect on the game one way or another. Those are the plays that I want to see be made. And those are the plays that I think will determine the outcome of this game, win or lose, for the Titans or Patriots. Those are my three things I'm looking forward to. Control the game offensive and defensively. Mac Jones, be the better player in terms of quarterback play. Control the game yourself, make the plays. And then the third key, third thing I'm looking forward to in this game is who is going to make the big plays when it matters on plays that actually will affect this game one way or another late in the fourth quarter. Those are the three things I'm looking forward to in this game. And like I mentioned when I was running through the slate of games for Week 12 here in the NFL, I am predicting the Patriots to win this game. If this game was in Nashville, I'd probably lean a little bit more towards Tennessee. But this game in Foxborough, that crowd's going to be rowdy. I like the way the Patriots are playing. Five-game winning streak. They got a lot of swagger, a lot of juice. 
a lot of confidence. They still have that self, uh, not self-doubt, that, you know, that doubt mentality where other people are doubting them, which is fueling their self-confidence. I really like the Patriots in this game. I won't be shocked if the Titans win because I, you know, they're a very good team. They're a great team. I will be very upset if they do lose this game. But I'm predicting the Patriots to win this game. And if they do, this whole week leading up to that Bills game is going to have such massive coverage, massive media coverage. People will be talking about the Patriots and that Bills game all week, and I'm all for it because that game is on Monday. I believe that's the Monday game. Yes, that game is on Monday, so that's going to be insanely good. Insanely good. All right, football out of the way. Let's talk Celtics basketball. Let's let's find some words here. Celtics beat the Rockets 108-90. Thank goodness on Monday. Oh, thank God. I was sitting here Monday. I'd be like, do not lose this game. Do not be the Rockets' second win of the season. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And they didn't. So congratulations. You deserve a little, little Larry O'Brien trophy. A little one. Because honestly, I could not have been the only one that thought the Patriot, oh God, that the Celtics would lose this game. Well, that game, I should say. I know I wasn't the only one that thought that they were going to lose that game. Other people thought it too. Other people thought it too. So it's good to see that they were able to win that game by 18 points. Wednesday, Celtics, Nets. They lost by 19, 123-104. Let's dive into a little bit of the stats. Durant, 21 points. LaMarcus Aldridge, 17. Harden, 20. Patty Mills, 23. Yikes. Yikes, can't have that happen. It's, it's tough. Like Obviously, if it's Durant, Harden, Kyrie, all playing well, all dropping 30-plus points, yeah, I expect you to lose that game. But their leading scorer was Patty friggin' Mills. At 23. Now, obviously, when the game kind of got away, you know, you can sit Kevin Durant a little bit. He doesn't have to score as much, so I kind of get it. But, like, damn, that would have been such a nice win for the Celtics. Tatum only had 15. Smart, 20. Brown, 13. Schroeder, 10. Like, I'm saying, like, I don't want Schroeder to be my number three scorer. I don't want Smart to be my number three scorer. Tatum, Brown, someone else. And then let the rest of the pieces fall in. Yeah, and Schroeder, I mean, he only scored 10 points, but six rebounds, six assists in 36 minutes. So he's passing and dishing the ball out. So he's playing well in other areas. Where you look at someone like Marcus Smart on often on often occasions will go 0 from 10 from the field, have four points, four shots, four shots, there we go, and still find ways to not be contributing to the game. Yeah, he'll play defense, which I can account on, but you know, rebounds, assists, and all that other stuff. This game, 20 points, 8 rebounds, so you'd like to see him be more of a facilitator, which is nice. But the rest of the team, though, ugh. Ugh. My God. Gross. And I'm not going to dwell too much here on the pass for the, the Celtics here. But they have a big game against the Spurs in San Antonio at 8.30 tip-off. And then they go to Toronto, north of the border, on Sunday. And that's going to wrap up November's slate of games. I still think they need to win both of these games. 
Spurs, Raptors in order to be legitimately in contention for the Eastern Conference. Because right now, as it sits, they're 10-9 and nine on the outside looking in. It's still kind of a cluster jam of teams right there. But the Raptors are below you. And if you go to the Western Conference, the Spurs are a bad team. So really try to take advantage of the last two soft games of, of November of your regular season. Because like I've mentioned countless times, December, you got the 76ers, Jazz, Blazers, Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Bucks, Warriors, Knicks, 76ers again, Cavaliers, Bucks, Timberwolves, Clippers, and Suns all in December. So good luck with that if you lose one or two of these games or, God forbid, both of these games. Good luck. I do think the Celtics, you know, they're not in the greatest position. But listen, they're 10-9. and nine. They're only two and a half games back from being the five seed where the Hornets are 12-8. and eight. That's not terrible at all. Oh, I'm sorry, one and a half. I did my math wrong. Only one and a half games back. So it's like they can get some momentum going here. They can. You know, the Hawks are on a six-game winning streak, so here they come. They're in the thick of things. The Bucks, they're on a five-game winning streak. They're back into the thick of things. But that's what good teams do. They go on winning streaks. Celtics, they're 6-4 and four in the last 10 games, which is nice. I'll take it. But it's not what I want to see. You know, the Hawks went on a four-game losing streak, and then they bounced back and they won six straight. The Bucks, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. The Hornets, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. The Nets, they're 8-2, and two and they're on a four-game winning streak. The good teams go out and go on winning streaks. Like I mentioned a couple weeks ago at this point, and in the same fashion, bad teams will go out there and go on losing streaks. Look at the Cavaliers. They started 9-5 and five in the middle, in the heart of the Eastern Conference. They've lost five straight, and now they're the 11th seed at 9-10. and 10. The Magic, the Pistons, they're on four-game losing streaks. Not that they were ever in it, but still, bad teams go on losing streaks. The, uh, the Wizards, currently on a two-game losing streak. It's only two games, but they were the number one seed for a little bit. Now they're 11-7. and seven. Could they be turning the corner for, for the worse, right? The Spurs, they're on a six-game losing streak. They're not that good this year. The Thunder, they're on a four-game losing streak. The Nuggets are on a five-game losing streak, but they've been relatively good, we thought, right? we thought and then you look at you know the good teams in the the western conference the warriors on a five game winning streak the suns on a goddamn 14 game winning streak what the timberwolves shockingly on a five game winning streak it's still early nine and nine but have they turned the corner or is this something that is going to be substantial long term a lot of things still need to shake up in both the West and the Eastern Conference, but obviously here we're only Celtics fans, so we only care about the Eastern Conference. The Celtics are 10-9 and after 19 games. I've constantly said for both basketball, the Celtics, and hockey for the Bruins, 20-25 to 25 games into your regular season. Celtics, 20th game is tonight. Now, after 25 games, if they're 13 and 12 and they're still not able to kind of figure it out, I'm not saying they can't go on a, like a 9 of 10 game winning streak down the road and really make an impact and move up in the standings. I'm not saying that. But the earlier you can get off to a hot start, the better. The Nets, 14 and 5. The Warriors, 16 and 2. 
the Suns, 15 and 3, who are on a 14 game winning streak but still only second in the Western Conference. The Jazz, 12 and 6. And you, you get the point. Hot starts. Look at the Heat. The Heat weren't that good last year, but now they're 12 and 7. The Bulls, same thing, 12 and 7. Look at the Wizards, 11 and 7. These wins matter early. And these losses matter not so much now, but they will eventually when you're fighting for the 6th or the 7th seed or when you're fighting for the ninth or the 8th seed. These losses now, early in the season, will matter. The wins matter now. The losses matter later. Celtics, they're 6-4 and four in their last 10 on a one-game losing streak. If they can bang out these next two wins, improve to 12-9, and nine, as we turn that 12, uh, 20 to 25 game page, or at least turn into it, I should say, I'll feel a little bit more confident there. But overall, though, for the Celtics, I am very worried. I am very worried. Lack of consistent scoring. Lack of winning streak. Is it the coaching? Is it the players? Is it a player? What is it? I want you to let me know. I want you to let me know what the Celtics' problem is. Is it Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Is it just Tatum? Is it just Brown? Is it Marcus Smart? Is it the coaching? Is it the moves Brad, Steven made, Brad Stevens made? Or maybe every other team around you is just better. On paper, I do not think the Wizards, the Hornets, the, uh, the Hawks, I mean, the Heat are good, the Nets are good, the Bulls are good, Bucks are good, Knicks, you can kind of toss it up there, the 76ers, you can toss it up there. But those other teams that I mentioned, the Wizards, the Hornets, the Hawks, are they better than you on paper? Are they? You cannot even argue the 76ers. Are they better than you on paper? They got Joel Embiid. That's really it. The Knicks. They got Barrett. They got um, Julius Randle. Is Kemba Walker really going to be better like better on the Knicks than he was on the Celtics and make them a better team because of it than he was when he was with the Celtics? Celtics need to figure it out, and they need to figure it out ASAP. That's all I'm going to say. We're getting to that point. You know, first 10 games or so when you're 5-5, five and five, you're not all too worried. But when you're 20 games in and you're still 500, comes time to worry, especially when the Celtics have such high expectations, not only for themselves, not only the fans have high expectations, but everyone in the league has high expectations because you are the Boston Celtics. But that is going to do it for Celtics Chatter. That is going to do it for today's episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode where we talk about Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. We talk about Black Friday. Shopping, shopping. We talk about the NFL, the Patriots, the Celtics. You heard all of my thoughts, all of my opinions, but I want to hear yours now. I want to hear yours, so reach out to me via social media at Murph's Cartown or... Leave a comment in the comment section below if you are watching this on YouTube. And if you are watching this on YouTube, I would greatly appreciate it if you liked this video. If you did enjoy it, comment like I've already mentioned. And please do consider subscribing to the channel if you are new or haven't considered subscribing just yet. As I would greatly appreciate the love and support there. Thank you so much for everyone for downloading, listening, and joining on all audio-only platforms. I greatly appreciate every single person who downloads, listens, and enjoys Murph's Boston Sports Talk, whether it's episode number one or episode number 108 where we currently reside. I hope you had a happy, healthy Thanksgiving. 
Have a happy and healthy shopping day here on Black Friday. And I will catch you in the next one. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you. And you know that I will always, always see you.